Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. So we are continuing our Top Tongue series today, and we're in week four. And it's a series all about the power of the tongue. Hopefully we are not people that open our mouth, take one foot out and put the other foot in. Amen. So because what we say has a huge impact on our life and a huge impact on the lives of the people around us, which in effect impacts us, doesn't it? Yeah. So I would say that learning to control what comes out of our mouth is one of the most important things we need to learn to live a successful, healthy and joy-filled life. It is one of the most important things. But it's not easy. Some people don't say enough and others say too much. True? Yep. And so it's all about getting the balance right. Controlling what comes out of our mouth helps us have healthy and fruitful relationships. And every person wants that. Every person sitting in this room, every person online with us today wants to have healthy, fruitful relationships. True? Yes. And controlling what comes out of our mouth helps us keep our life on track and going in the right direction. And the opposite of that is also true. If we don't control our tongue, our relationships will suffer. Maybe yours are right now. And our lives can be taken off course just by what we say. The book of James talks about managing our mouth more than any other book in the New Testament. Proverbs is probably the Old Testament, but I haven't checked, but it's top of my head. Every chapter in the book of James says something about managing our mouth. And unfortunately, some of us are skilled at doing the opposite. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. We do not need to hear my words today, God. We need your words. And so I ask, God, that you would fill my mouth. Father, I pray that we would hear your words. Lord, that our hearts would be open to what you have to say to us today. Lead us, guide us, correct us, rein us in, or help us to say, more. Whatever it is that we need, I thank you that you are in control. Amen. So let's go. James 3 verse 2 says this, we all fail in many ways, but especially with our words. Yet if we are able to bridle the words we say, in other words, if we're able to control what we say, we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every other way. That's pretty wild, eh? And that means our character is mature and fully developed. If we're able to control what we say, we are able to control ourselves in every other way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. A sign of maturity is that we know how to control our tongue. We don't have to have the last word. Anyone? We don't blow up at the slightest little thing. There's a little push and wah. 
We're mature enough to do what's right, not just what feels good. Because what feels good can damage other people. Oh, I just let them have it. Really? Was that the right thing to do? Some people say whatever they want, and their words damage, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> those around them. And when confronted with what they say, they say, well, what's the big deal? I was only kidding. Anyone know that? Anyone done that? Oh, I was only kidding. I worked for a boss once and that was, thank you, Joseph, and that was the way we knew that he was annoyed about something because he'd say it as a joke. Why? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. (laughs) That's not true. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names hurt me probably more. Because sticks and stones, you know, you can heal a broken arm, but some people carry around the words that someone has spoken over their life for years and years and years. The amount of people I've spoken to. I have a a good friend who was told that she should never marry this person and her marriage wouldn't work. And about 20 years into her marriage, she suddenly realised that, that those words were sitting over her and that it had affected her whole relationship. And once she got rid of that, everything changed in a marriage. Words have power. You're just a naughty little girl. You just, you're just not smart. You know, people carry the weight of those things if they don't deal with it because words are so powerful if we take them on board. Words left unchecked can become a prophecy to someone's future. I was watching a a documentary um, on that great thing that they call at the moment gaslighting, where you brainwash someone to believe something is wrong with them when there's nothing wrong with them. Words have power. James 3 says this, Verse 5 and 6. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just think of how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze, and the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness. This is very uplifting this morning. And is the most dangerous part of our human body. That's wild. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. James knew the power of what comes out of our mouth. Imagine this beautiful forest. I've walked in some of the most beautiful forests over the years. Tall, beautiful trees, green, the smell, the oh, it's just gorgeous. And now imagine in one minute up in smoke, completely destroyed, instantly, with a tiny match. That's, that's the example that James is bringing to our life. I remember in Canberra, who, who was here in 2003? 18th of January was our wedding anniversary. We were driving. Our kids were in Canberra. We weren't. We were driving back. Middle of the day, it was pitch black. It was the most eerie feeling. Destroyed. What did we have? We had 500 homes and three deaths. 
Ash Wednesday, 1983, one fire overnight destroyed 500 uh, miles of land, villages, livestock. Some of those fires were deliberately lit. They were started from a tiny match. And James says our tongues can be like that. Our tongue can destroy like that. Just opening our mouth and being careless with what we say can cause damage, can destroy lives. I wonder how many people, because of careless words, have destroyed their marriage or a friendship or the reputation of another. We know a man whose whole career was stopped because of a false accusation. It was later on proved that it was wrong, but the damage was done. I'm not trying to depress you all today. I'm just trying to remind us of the power of what comes out of our mouth. Fire and words under control give tremendous warmth and light. Who doesn't love sitting around a fire? Yes. But fire and words out of control can be devastating. We can lose our family, our kids, our career simply by what we say. I was having lunch with a friend one year for her birthday. And I said, mate, what's wrong? And she started opening up to me and she said, look, I just don't know what to do anymore because I just feel like I'm not good enough. In my marriage, I just am told over and over and over and over again that I'm not meeting the mark. I mean, that is just a terrible thing to live with. James 3, 3 to 4 says these horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that they can control and guide their large body. And the same with mighty ships. Though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder, rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. We're the person at the helm, and the rudder is this thing right here. That rudder, I remember we were in Perth many years ago with our kids, and Paul and Zach and I got on a, was it a catamaran, hun? Thank you. Do they have rudders? great. <laughs> I'm not a boat person. And Zach was with us and Emma and Nathan were on their own catamaran. And we were having a great old time until we turned around and saw that their boat was upside down. And I don't know what had happened, but they'd capsized. For the purposes of my story, it was all to do with the rudder. <laughs> Probably had nothing to do with it. But let's just pretend today. <laughs> And so we had to make our way over there and help them get back up the right way. You know, some people capsize their lives because the rudder has said things and they are just flailing around in the water wondering, how did I get here? Why am I wet and cold and upside down? It's the rudder of your life that got you there that got you here. The message translation of James 3.5 says this, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly everything or destroy it. So it's time to take stock of how we're using our tongue. 
if we're not already, because our life is being directed by it. Maybe the people around us are hurting because of the words that have come out of our mouth. Maybe we just haven't taken enough care with our words. Maybe people are weary of us because they just get a tongue lashing over and over again. Maybe today we need to ask God to help us get our life sorted in this area. Maybe we just need to go to the people around us and ask them for forgiveness. If they've been regularly negatively affected. So how do we fix it? Let's talk about some good things, hey? How do we fix it? Psalm 141 verse 3 says this. It's a prayer. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. What a great prayer. What a great thing to ask God to do. God, can you put a guard over my mouth today? Can you, can you help me to be careful of the words that come out of my mouth? Can you help me, Lord? I need your help to control what's coming out of my mouth. Can you help me to stop and think before I speak? Holy Spirit, wake me up. Shake me up. Show me. Before I open my mouth, stop me. If I'm going to say the wrong thing. James 1 also says this. Understand this, my dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. What a great verse. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. This verse is telling us that when it comes to what comes out of our mouth, it's important to engage our mind before we put our mouth into gear. More often than not, we are slow to speak, uh, slow, slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. Anybody? No, you guys are all perfect in this. So... I do this, but Paul does it more. He likes to finish my sentences for me. There you go. <laughs> he does. And look, I can't blame him sometimes because there's so much fog going on in my head that it takes me a long time to tell him what I'm trying to say. And so he'll guess. Da, 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 and then he'll finish. And, he, and then I'll keep, and he'll finish. And I'll say, would you like to just keep guessing? Or can I just say what I want to say? Amen. <laughs> Doesn't happen to anyone else in this room. You know, some people are really good with words. You might be one of them today. And that's really great news. But you know, not everyone is good at words. Some people need coaxing. Some people need patience and kindness to let you know what's going on inside them. I'm just telling you the other side of the story, all you people that are great with words. I'm not one of them. They need encouragement to let you know what's going on. You can talk over them or railroad them. But what you really need to do is find out what's going on inside them. Quick 
to listen. The Bible is clear. The Bible is so full of wisdom and it instructs us on the best way to communicate. It means being quick to listen. That, that, now that means that we listen to what they're really saying. Not what you think they're saying. So you're saying this. It's good to ask that clarifying question. What they are really saying, we give them time and are interested in what they say. How often are we thinking about what we want to say when they finish? If they could just finish talking, I want to say this. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say it. How often are we not listening at all? If someone's not listening at all, just talk about, and then I um, cut my arm off. and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you're having a conversation. Paul and I both do this. We have a conversation with each other. And we'll go, I just, we just talked about that. And remember I told you? Because we weren't listening. None of you do that either. I, lo- I really enjoy listening to people. I like to listen more than I speak because I'm interested in what people say because I actually like people because I'm a pastor. Hey! And you know the other thing that happens when I listen to people? I am listening, but also the Holy Spirit talks to me while I'm listening to them. And he says that. That. What they're saying, that. Ask them about that. Because I'm listening. And then slow to speak. Think about what I'm going to say before I say it. I have had to learn this over and over and over again, and I still mess up at times. Instead of being incredibly blunt and going, well, you just shouldn't do that, which is what I, you know, slow to speak. How can I say this? in a way that is palatable and they can hear it. It's actually a really good thing to do. Instead of, you shouldn't do this, say, well, have you thought about what might happen if, you know, at the end of that? Or have you thought about maybe doing it this way? Or have you... You see what I'm saying? Yes. Proverbs 21:23 says, Watch your words, hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. Hold your tongue. I used to work with someone who used to, before she'd want to say something, she'd literally hold her tongue. Holding my tongue. If I am angry or emotional, I need to wait, not speak. I need to walk away. See, I can speak. I can use... My freedom to speak, but the Bible says to use your freedom to serve one another through love. That's what it says. I can, but I won't because I of love. I will be slow to speak and then slow to become angry. If we're slow to speak, then we have a much greater chance of being slow to become angry. If we have a problem with anger, we need to work on being quick to listen and slow to speak. If we stop and take time, we can settle down, right? You can settle down. We can see the other person's perspective. When we are angry, who cares about their perspective? True? We don't care about their perspective. 
When I'm emotional, I don't care about Paul's perspective. It's all about me. But if, I'm, if I wait, slow to speak, then I can come back and have a rational conversation with him. And I can, if I wait, I settle down, I see their perspective, and God can speak to me and say, hey, you know, you know, not really, what you're thinking's not really right. Or maybe it is right. And maybe you can go back and have a conversation clearly, nicely. Maybe you're here today, you're with us online, and you need to do the hard work of repairing a relationship or a situation that's broken because of how you've been using your words. Don't give up. Don't despair. God wants to help you. He really does. He wants to bring healing and restoration to your life, healing and restoration to your relationships. That great psalm, ask him to put a guard over your mouth. Come up, guys, wherever you are. Ask him to help you. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Call on him for help. Or maybe you're here today. And you're living in a prophecy over someone's words over your life. Or you shut down. Because you just, you, there's just been tongue lashing after tongue lashing. God wants to heal you today. You know, he can take those words out of your life like that. So I want to pray. I'm just going to pray a general prayer. But if you know you might be on the side that has caused damage or you might be on the side that is living with the damage. And we're probably on both sides, all, everyone in this room. <laughs> because we're all imperfect. But God's here. God's power is here. The healing power of God is here. Father, I know Lord, that there are people in this room and there are people online all of us need to be better at controlling what comes out of our mouth and so God, I just pray that you would help us Lord, I pray that we would be people who think before we speak that we would be quick to listen. That we would be slow to speak and slow to become angry. Lord, that, that you would help us, Lord, for those in this room that are really struggling with this in their life, God. I ask you, God, to touch them right now. Lord, to give them hope, to give them faith, to give them the ability to control what comes out of their mouth. And God, I want to pray right now for those who are sitting here and they're thinking of the words and the things that have really contained their life. Father, I pray for your healing power to flow, Lord. I pray for your healing power to touch. Lord, I pray, God, that right now there would be, Lord, just an anointing that would fall on them right now. Lord, every lie 
every word of containment, God, I just remove it now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord, that for those that need to speak to someone about this, Lord, that you would give them the courage and the person. Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You might need some further prayer today, and Tom's going to talk about that. But before I get off the stage, I just want to pray a prayer. I want us all to pray a prayer because you might be in this room today and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. Or you need to recommit your life to Him today. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. That's the most important thing you can ever do. So let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I want to live for you. Forgive me for my sin. Help me to live for you for the rest of my days. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.